Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Friday, August 21st, and before we get into it, I wanted to take just a second and say thank you to our listeners. Like I've shared before, we would certainly be doing this regardless. We have been for years, literally. Sometimes text, sometimes it's crazy videos on the YouTubes, sometimes it's phone calls. We just decided to start publishing it this year after everything kind of went crazy. Uh, but to see the overwhelming positive reaction to us publishing these, it's uh, it's been a little wild. We are, if I can speak for the team here, very honored that you'd invite our thoughts into your brain the way you do, because <laughs> we're a little crazy. But uh, we love meeting new listeners and interacting with you and hearing new opinions and just talking to people who are passionate about technology in all aspects of life, uh, engaging with you on the Twitter sphere, all that type of stuff. So uh, having new people on the show, et cetera. But all that to say, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. That's not lost on us. And uh, yeah, I guess let's get into it. Um, let's do it. Oh, want to share this quick thing that I've been tracking. So always love digging into stats. Uh, stats are fun for me, but uh, anchor.fm gives us some cool little things uh, to look at. And I've, I've mentioned it before. I've, I've asked them for other things that they could probably easily show us as well. So I hope that uh, Anchor is, uh, is working on developing some of those things. But anyway, one of the coolest things that I've been tracking is that the percentage of US-based listeners keeps dropping week after week, right? Which is exciting to me because we're re- reaching like, the three of us, you know, Tyler, Russ, and myself, we're all in the US. And we were. it was also very high Texas-based listeners. We actually all live in Texas as well. But both of those are dropping, right? We're picking up more people. I can, uh, I can validate this thought. He regularly yeah. states how much he hates America in our text chats going forward. <laughs> no, <nothing. laughs> it's constant, guys. Our, our, our American listeners are going down. This is great. This is wonderful. No, but we're getting... We're getting <laughs> I know you're joking, but getting more and more global listeners... Uh, so welcome, which is, uh, it's super cool. So anyway, okay. That's enough of that. Um, also you, uh, probably should know Tyler was unable to make it today. Uh, we miss you buddy. And it's just going to be Russ and I on the show. Uh, we have a fun guest coming next week on Wednesday, I believe. I'm pretty sure I've locked this in. Um, but, uh, uh, whatever I'll, I'll, I'll keep that (laughs) as a surprise, but I'm, I'm super excited about that one. Anyway, oh, it's going to be a good one, dude. Let's uh, from what I hear about him, I don't know the guy, but I'm excited. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, what do you want to get into, Russ? What do you want to talk about? Well, actually, we have so many places we could start. Do you have one? Sounds like you got one. I have one one that, dude. I have one that is, uh, it it had me in tears. Okay, so uh, we had a listener requested one. Um, I think this was Curtis Bunker that sent this one in, but, uh, there's, a, you know, MIT tech review. Um, there was a thing that was published, said a college kids, fake AI generated blog fooled tens of thousands. This is how he made it, right? It made it to what's the guy, uh, Liam poor. Uh, so wait, hold on. Let's see. So at the start of the week, Liam poor had only heard of GPT three, right? This is the AI engine, the update that, that people have been talking about by the end. Of the week, the college student had used the AI model to produce an entirely fake blog under a fake name. And then it hit number one in Hacker News, which is which is pretty funny. So 
I've been digging into GPT-3. First time I saw it uh, was Michael Dell tweeted it uh, maybe a couple months ago or so. And I was like, what is this? And the first application that popped up was the thing that reminded me of the games that you play on the TI-89 calculators that we did in middle school where it's like, choose a skateboard or, you know, you're going to ride a bike or whatever, right? Yep, Tetris. So, Tetris was on there in some way, shape, or form. It was more of just this block, all singular color game, black and white. It was great. I love that. That's right. And so I dug into what GPT-3 um, could do and all the innovations around all that kind of stuff. And one of the funny use cases I saw was that you could tell it, it's an AI engine, right? You could tell it to take things that are very, very complex and explain it very simply, right? Which if you know humans that can do that, that requires a higher level of thinking, mm-hmm. right? For that's sure. a skill, that's a talent that that we have to leverage in this industry as well, Absolutely. especially in technology. I look for it all the time. Exactly. So, but the funny one was when they tell AI to make it more complex, they give it a very simple command or a simple sentence to explain. So this one had me in tears. Uh, I'm going to try to read it quickly and I'm going to try to not laugh too much while I go through it. But <laughs> the, the thing was explain how to use a drinking fountain, right? So the AI then responds and says, to activate the mechanized dihydrogen monoxide dispensary <laughs> service station, use the flanges to provide a downward force to the simple circular activation console and continue to apply force until the pneumatic system <laughs> begins operating as intended, which can be surmised at a time when the dihydrogen monoxide travels in a parabolic <laughs> arc, which at... <laughs> Which at its greatest exceeds three inches from the rounded excess liquid receptacle, right? Where the water is going. Yeah, no, I'm following. I'm tracking the the process. Once hydration is completed, cease applying force to the console (laughs) and regard whether or not the dispensary has ceased expelling (laughs) content as expected. (laughs) That one got me at the end, the the regard. Like, you can picture the human, like, turning their head and looking. Is that giving you? Is that how our brains operate, and we just don't know it? Like we have the most simplified version that actually is the product from the the thought process our brains go through, but that's realistically what is happening throughout that entire thing. I feel like it. What's amazing is I feel like there are SEs who who I've interacted with who speak like the way that you just read that out, and we're trying to get them to go the opposite direction. Just tell them which knob to turn. Oh man, Uh, and that reminded me too. So I was reading. Oh, what book was that? Hold on. Uh, it's uh, a short history of nearly everything. I was trying to look to the other side of my room uh, by, oh, what's what's his name? Uh, Bill Bryson. So I've been reading that to my kids, my older two, as we uh, you know read before bed every night. And we got to this guy. Um, sorry, I'm blanking on his name. It's the end of the day on a Friday. But uh, he is he's one of the most famous um, geologists ever in terms of papers that he's written. And he wrote that way. He, he was he wrote in such a confusing, in-depth manner Oof. that he's highly regarded as like one of the top geologists ever. But very few people have ever read his works because they just can't make it. <laughs> they just can't anyway. understand it. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was funny. Okay, that's good stuff. I want to see more. I want to see more examples of this of simple things uh, that it turns into complex. Yeah, verbiage. It's awesome. All right. What uh, what do you want to go to next here? So here's my concern. Oversaturation. Because okay. this epic thing just won't go away. Obviously, it's early days. And yeah. John Nicholson, if you're listening, we want you on to, to talk about this further. But there's a few interesting things that are going on with it still here uh, towards the latter end of the week. 
now Apple is is publicly stating some interesting things, saying that Epic is putting the entire App Store model at risk, which I would argue is quite frankly their entire point. <laughs> like that's that is exactly what Apple is trying to do because it doesn't agree with the App Store model. But there's a lot of interesting aspects to that, in particular one that is extremely true, which is there are parallels to competitive aspects of the PC marketplace as far as all the different areas you can get applications. But there are extreme downsides to that. And one of those is, in particular, security. I mean, a lot of people just didn't trust to download or install anything on their computers until they had an app store. And so it, you know, if you think of people who especially are just not you know, very technologically adept, they just don't understand it very well, they, they may not know what is safe and what isn't, but the app store is absolutely something that you can for the most part, assume is very safe. And so I think that that's the risk they're probably alluding to whenever they, mm-hmm. they point this out is that if you want to take the control away from us and allow these other ways of accessing applications, all you're going to do is invite more bad actors to come into this and uh, you know basically not be policed. And I actually think it's a very fair argument. I think it's one of those interesting things about this whole thing but this whole saga that's going on between them is I don't know if ideologi- ideologically what one and the other want can coexist. Yeah. I really don't know, realistically. And I'm not just talking about the money aspect of it. I, I recognize that's driving all of this. But I just mean the, the ideology behind everything that Apple built and runs in the App Store, foundationally why they do it, Epic, why they foundationally want it to be done differently. I just feel like there's so many things that counteract each other here, which is one reason why I'm so incredibly intrigued by it. I'm also intrigued by the next thing, which is Epic, you know, they're a video game company, so they, they do fun things. Uh, apparently they are, they are hosting a free Fortnite tournament with anti Apple prizes going <laughs> yeah, so on. I was like, Oh no, <laughs> this is, this is where you get into kind of the, uh, you know, I don't know if this actually happened that way, but in high school, you get into a cordial, cordial argument with your friends and quickly turns into things that high schoolers think are funny. Uh, and I feel like Epic is just sort of taking it that direction, sort of very immature direction, but they're also trying to probably rally a fan base. They are. They create primarily, a hashtag. Yeah, the, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of anti-Apple stuff, for sure. They are. They're trying to win in the court of public opinion because they probably realize that the actual court is very unlikely to be in their favor is kind of the way I've I've been reading on this for quite a bit. And a lot of people who, I guess, are, are analysts in the space, on legal analysts yeah. maybe, have kind of basically said that there, there may or may not be a whole lot of leg for Epic to ultimately stand on. Do you think they believe that, though? I mean, I, I, I think find it odd that they would... Yeah. yeah. Go but, ahead. Well, just... Just to start the legal proceedings and do everything they're doing, I think they, I think they believe in what their their cause is, and I'm curious. Well, so I was reading the article that you that you dropped in here. Uh, so, and I can't remember if you already mentioned this previously or not, but the CEO Tom uh, Tim Sweeney, rather mm-hmm. of Epic, that he asked for a special deal with Apple for Epic only, right? I guess he's yep. asking for the Amazon treatment. Yep, pretty much in a way, right? And when Apple declined, uh, that's when Epic changed its policies, cut out Apple, their in-app purchases. And now Apple is saying Epic's ban is its own responsibility, right? And then this quote from Apple, so their response to all this, in the wake of its own voluntary actions, 
Epic now seeks emergency relief, but the emergency quote is entirely of Epic's own making. Yep. Developers who work to deceive Apple, as Epic has done here, are terminated. Those are two really strong words. Deceive they, and terminated. <laughs> they most certainly are. Yeah. I and I have no doubt that that Tim and his army of lawyers thought through this extremely diligently. Sure. However, I I think that equally or maybe even more so, Apple and their army of lawyers did the same when they created the terms with which you could be a part of the App Store. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be a big aspect of that put into this. I think that there I do think there's legitimate complaints from Epic. I really do. I just don't know if they have legal ground to stand on to really get this. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, I don't. I don't know that Epic anticipated Apple's ultimate move. And, and I am saying this completely is complete hearsay. I, I don't know this, but just from the reaction I've seen, they seem to be surprised that Apple is potentially going to remove them from their developer program. Hmm. And. And, and that's, that's the thing that has created the true sense of urgency. Yeah. Exactly. That's going to be so incredibly devastating. And so, you know, what will be interesting is, is we're starting to see this a little bit. I mean, and I don't know the validity of this either, but WordPress founder claims Apple cut off updates to its completely free app because it wants 30%. So this is a, a pretty crazy and, and ridiculous claim. How does Apple um, take 30% of a free app? It would, see, that's, that's sort of why this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, I think that what this is maybe a leading indicator of is in the court of public opinion, if Apple is able to rally, say, a million developers, and I don't mm -hmm. know what it is, right? But some mass amount of support behind what they're doing, public support, right? So not just behind the scenes, like who, who is brave enough to kind of stand side by side with Epic. I think that that's a lot of what they're trying to do with the public yeah. nature with which this is going down is I think they're hoping, listen, we may not have a great legal you know, stance to stand on here, but if we can get enough people to point out what they're doing is maybe not not yeah. a good thing, then maybe they can affect change. That's that's what I think I'm seeing here. I, I, I don't know what else they could do, but it oh. seems like a tough one. It's a tough road. Yeah. So... For, so for WordPress, the app is free, but are they in the same thing as like Hayes email client? Are they trying to get 30% of the um, subscription services that you can pay into WordPress? I, I, I would, I'm guessing, well. I would assume, okay. but, uh, but I don't know. I think that the issue is, is that maybe, uh, I guess it just depends because I don't know if can WordPress, because I use WordPress. It's just sure. like it's an open source project, and I don't. Yeah, don't you can pay, pay anything. Yeah, so there's a free it. version you can pay in for support. Okay, anyway, let's not beat this one to death. Um, and we may have some over oversaturation on this, like you we predicted. What or, or you you said? Um, but give me a prediction on where you think this lands, and then let's move off of this until there's other major news. Ooh, public prediction. Um, I, I honestly think, uh, unless there's something that unfolds that we haven't seen so far, I think that this risk is so much more detrimental to epic and and i think that apple has has such a strong stranglehold on what they're doing that i honestly think that uh this ends with epic probably folding if nothing else comes to light uh from this folding I, I, I think that they the just 
Yeah, I think so. Because I don't think there's a world where they just take their stuff and go home and, and yeah. just not play if they're allowed to. I think if they're allowed in the store, they're going to have Fortnite there. They're going to have their engine tied into the developers the development APIs. Yeah. It, it's, that's just definitely going to You'd hate to, to see that. You'd hate to see all this go down and them to just kind of like cower, tuck their tail and come back and say, I'm sorry. It's sorry. also going to be kind of scary because if that's what happens, that might immediately set the precedent for... Yeah. Apple's in the right here, and no, it's it'll never change. And I, I don't know that it needs to. I'm just pointing out that if there is a large majority of people that believe that this fundamentally needs to change, and and it's more than just, it has to be more than just they're taking too much money. Like it has to be about what them owning the amount of influence they do and how they use that influence does. That's right. what this is about. And. If people are really concerned about that, they probably need to step up and support Epic or Epic Epic on uh, on this <laughs> Maybe issue. Apple, there it is. There's there the it is. Apple just buys merge. Epic. It's it's Epic. <laughs> which which okay? Did you see the rumors of Oracle buying TikTok? I did. I cannot imagine a worse possible company. I. <laughs> are they? Do they just want to buy it to kill it? I just don't you know, under. I mean, are you going to have to pay licensing so fees in order so to use TikTok? There. <laughs> <laughs> right? So many jokes. Oh, um, it's so bad. It's, it's so, so bad. bad. I, don't even want to touch it, but I would be. Not. I would be interested to see what happens if they were to get them, though. Because man, it's. I just it's, can't imagine it, dude. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I got. I have a ton of. There's there's a lot of thoughts there. Not, we yeah, probably don't have enough time. Okay, uh, so let's move on here. Um, saw this tweet from a one Zach Whitaker, and it says a university in Michigan, which is weird that they just said a university in Michigan. Like, which is one it, is it? Is, is it the University Michigan? of Michigan? <laughs> is it Michigan State? <laughs> is it, like, just name the university. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, is requiring all students to install an app that tracks their location around the clock. Students can't opt out. If students refuse, they face suspension mm-hmm. from the university. Worse, Oof. the app had two major security flaws. Oh, boy. Is anybody surprised that exposed nope. private data? It goes on because you can only do 280 characters in a tweet. He says <laughs> uh, the origins of the app called Aura. It's unclear. Uh, it's built by Nucleus. And then that, my brain's going, okay, like who's the insider here? Who developed this and is getting paid? Anyway, follow the money, right? And it's not, uh, it's not good whenever you hear origins are unclear. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's insane, man. I don't know what what do you what where was the other one? It said uh, they can't leave. There was more. There was more on this in terms of you know if a student leaves the uh, the campus or whatever, it immediately alerts the university. So they're trying to operate the university as a bubble and use this app as a way to do yeah. it. I guess is yeah. what I'm hearing. Well, so but the big problem there is. I, I have a lot of thoughts about this. One one of which the, the fact that it has security flaws alone just is not surprising. And I feel like if you're going to do something like this, you got to do a better job. But I, I will tell you that I've actually had these conversations uh, to some degree, not to that level, but internally here at SHI, where we were kind of trying to figure out contact tracing, right? Which I think is to some degree an, an element that they're looking at here to try and contain uh really sounds like this is the behavior of students, but I'm thinking more along the lines of, you know, understanding if someone's sick and letting people around them know and who quarantines, et cetera. All the research I found said that in, if you do the type of app and contact tracing in small pockets, it's useless. 
the the only way with which that type of approach would be even remotely viable and by the way i spoke to the the ceo of a company who who works with um i i don't know how, they're called intellisite they they work with the uh different like heat mapping and telling pe- people's temperatures when they walk into a building so he he put a lot oh, of yeah. thought into this and and in that conversation he kind of pointed out and and validated some of the research i had done which is this isn't something that we as a small company could could handle and take on. So they chose not to do the contact tracing. It really has to be done at large scale, the Apple, the Google level, and at least 60% of the entire population needs to use it for it to be viable. So just using it in small pockets is really not going to do anything on top of providing this security flaw. So one, I think it's just the wrong approach. I really, I think they're being too strict on it. I understand why, but I just, I don't think they did enough due diligence around the concept or the app itself, which is clear. And, and I think that that's just a huge problem, especially when we see that universities already struggle with maintaining just basic levels of IT security at all. Whenever we saw that a university, the University of Utah paid 457000 to a ransomware gang to yeah. prevent them from leaking students' personal data. So why would we trust a university with this type of access? I, I just don't agree with it at all. And I, and I don't think it's going to be a positive thing for them in any way, shape, or form. They should just cut this out, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Good input. Okay. In other um, fantastic 2020 news, uh, we are training AI agents to beat us in war. I don't know if Bring you all saw this. AI slays top F-16 pilots in DARPA dogfight simulation. Bet that wasn't Maverick. <laughs> right? <laughs> ah. Next year. Uh, okay. Next year. Anyway, yeah, don't send me off on that tangent. Sorry. That's going to be awesome. But uh, yeah, some of the quotes in this article are pretty phenomenal, pretty funny. Uh, so one of the one of the top uh, fighters, a guy named Justin Mock, call sign Glock, uh, served as a commentator on the trials, said this is a massive leap forward from the AI technology. And they ended up sweeping. So there, there was like this competition. There was trials that led up to this point where the winner then got to fight the um, the top F-16 pilots. Man. Uh, and, and they ended up winning 5 nothing. right? Oof. Straight up sweep. And it goes on too. So it says here, and I wish I wish Tyler was on for this, but because he used to work for Lockheed Martin, and I think I just gave away the punchline. <laughs> but the name of the company is, I, I'm guessing it's pronounced Huron, uh, but it's a small female and minority owned company with offices in Maryland and Virginia. They build artificial intelligence agents, and they were a player in the DARPA game breaker effort to explore tactics for disrupting enemy strategic uh, or strategies using real world games as platforms, et cetera. They beat out eight other teams, including one led by Lockheed Martin, which was Ooh. really cool to see, right? You, you always love kind of rooting for the uh, the underdog. And, yeah. Uh, they went on um, to, I'm trying to find the other quotes here, but they could not believe how effective they were. It, it just reminded me of like the old Halo uh, stuff where you would walk into a room, you know, and bullets would be coming out of the side of a rifle and, you know, you're, you're done, you're toast, right? Yeah, that's basically how they described this. It was like going up against a bunch of aim bots, right? Oh, well, and, uh, and, and mean, they couldn't believe how accurate the the uh, AI agent was at targeting them from a math like from such a great distance. 
They, they said specifically the AI exhibited superhuman aiming ability during this. That's simulation. interesting because, you know, whenever you're thinking of yourself, speaking as someone who's not a pilot, never will be one. But whenever you think about aiming in from the form of operating a mechanical vehicle, you, you assume that there are some limitations that are enhanced, like human limitations are enhanced by the machinery. And then even some of the limits are defined by the machinery as well. So, but what I'm hearing is, is that using a, a jet, they were able to overcome limitations of humans as far as to how far they could actually target people using the, the systems within the fighter itself. Yeah, that's for pretty sure. interesting. So think about think about the planes flying through air and then being able to calculate the physics, the trajectory of, you know, the the guns out the front uh, to hit them at such a great distance, you know, w- taking in, you know, altitude, air pressure, humidity, velo- whatever, all that kind of stuff, right? Right. Uh, so you're course. thinking from a we, yeah, but you're thinking about firing free firing arms, so like uh, like the machine gun bullets. I'm thinking more along the lines of when I think of targeting, I don't think of aiming just necessarily. I think of targeting using a targeting system to latch on. Oh, and I get you. Fire a missile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Uh, so I didn't. Go, I didn't. I don't think I went into the details on that um, yet. But that's that's basically how it was set up. It was kind of a it was a one on one combat scenario. Where they could only shoot their forward guns in a classic like Got World it. War II style dogfight. Got it. Okay, right. that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, it wasn't that, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, uh, yeah it it, it's interesting. Style. So DARPA, in one of those links I clicked into, it says DARPA wants wargame AI to never fight a f- to never fight fair, um, which makes perfect sense. Um, that's not something you would want to do. It just, just all reminds me of Whopper and war games. What is that? What is that? Uh oh, war games. Am I about to get schooled, bro? Oh my gosh, Twitter's going to take you down again. I think that's two for two this week. War Games, you need to watch that tonight. Like, War Games is is one of the... Yes, oh my gosh. (laughs) It is one of the greatest movies ever. So, War Games, uh, it's got... What's the dude from Ferris Bueller's Day Off in it? Help me out, what's his name? Yeah, what's the main character? Yeah. Uh, So, he's a kid, he hacks into a military computer... And, the, and he and, and he thinks he's hacking into a video game developer, he mm-hmm. but it's a military computer called the Whopper, and it has a set of war games. So he Matthew finds Broderick. these war games. Yes, Matthew Broderick. He ends up activating these war games, thinking that he's playing in a a pre-release version of a video game from a video game developer, and ends oh. up setting off in almost setting off like World War Three. So it's like uh, it's he these war games are simulating this this world war attack type thing. And it's setting off all these alarms, in the military, and they keep thinking that it's a, something real is happening. Cause it is a simulation. I mean, it is yeah. great. Dude. You, so I have, I've seen like little cutscenes of this, but no, I've dude, never watched the actual thing. Okay. It's a I'll classic. It. You gotta watch okay. it. ASAP. Right. I'll put it on the list. Do it. Sorry to embarrass you about a no. classic 1983 film. No, it's not me that's embarrassed. I think, about. I, think, I think it's you that's embarrassed. <laughs> or you will be <laughs> yeah, after yeah. you see how great it is. Okay. All right. What else we got here? <clears throat> I got something on. I want to talk about that's in- interesting and incredibly unique. I can't even imagine how this would ever work in a, a real sporting example. But in, in the world of esports, which we haven't had an update on in a while, the Call of Duty championships are going on this week and next week. It's a okay. four point six million dollar tournament, so it's it's not small time. This is in the franchise league where the teams paid an estimated twenty five million dollars per in order to Dude, play in this league. Let me stop you right there. I need to see if if anyone out there, if any listener, 
you know, we have again, millions of listeners now. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> surely somebody has seen something where it ranks or shows these purses from esports compared to, uh, you know, golf tournaments or something. Oh like yeah. That, right. Or, or tennis, you know, some, uh, some of the biggest stages where it's, it's, uh, it's people like that. Right. Uh, oh yeah, or, for sure. You know, or teams set up like that is, is, is what I mean. Right. Where it's, because in esports you have what teams of you know three to five Any, anywhere like from on usually on. one to five it just depends. one to five yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I'm looking for stuff like you know one v one v one whatever golf or tennis you know maybe tennis doubles or I'd love to see how where that's at now so if anyone has seen that that'd be awesome I bet we can find it uh, and in this particular case so obviously this is a big deal this is this is champs week right it's yeah. The biggest tournament of the year every year, lots of money on the line. They have obviously had to move to online, which I think a lot of people say to themselves, well, it's a video game, like no big deal. It actually institutes a lot of variables that is a problem. Yeah. But they're working through it, right? Um, Slowly but surely. The game's had some problems this year, uh, just in general. Uh, Call of Duty is a yearly release, so it's not quite as baked as Counter-Strike like people have played for 20 years. Sure. And so... But one of the biggest issues we're seeing is, is apparently these teams will use TeamSpeak in order to communicate with each other. Well, these players are not very strong at maintaining <laughs> the secrecy of their IP addresses. And that is unfortunately causing some major issues where these uh, professional players are getting basically DDoSed and booted off of games in the middle of matches. Oh. And one of, yeah, oh, it's bad. It, and it gets worse. One of the major issues with this game this year, and this is not common in esports, it's really kind of only a Call of Duty issue at the moment. There is no pause feature, meaning they cannot, there's no admin that can pause a match in the middle of it yeah. if something goes wrong and they have to we play can't call on. timeout. Like there's nope. no refs timeout. There's nothing. There are refs, but they can't. my shoulders, stop it. by the way. You'd be proud of me. I tapped my shoulders <laughs> as I said that. There you go. That's what's up. <laughs> and and the thing is, is that's a problem because on top of that, there is a lot of betting, just like in normal sports, that yeah. goes on in esports. So there are people who have a vested interest in ensuring that matches go a certain way, and they are taking the matters into their own hands. Uh, so it is it is pretty crazy to see that people are getting booted. It's it's messing with the integrity of the tournament. So far today, I haven't been able to watch a lot. It's been a very busy day, but I've had it on, and I haven't noticed just at a tertiary glance any major issues today. But in the last two days, there were at least two teams that had to bring in a substitute player, which most of these teams have, uh, and, and have them sub in for one of their starters. So that wow. was... Pretty crazy to see uh, going on, and it's a major issue in the esports world. I don't know if there's a scenario in like the NFL where someone that bet on a game runs out there and takes out the quarterback in the middle of the field, so the game goes a different way. But that would be the equivalent. Like yeah. that's what's happening uh, here right now. <laughs> that quarterback just got DDoS. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, uh, we should probably wrap it up here soon. Uh, but the I, I again, you'll have to forgive me for my ignorance on this, but I just looked up Call of Duty League to meet the teams as it says here that's actually pretty cool so dallas has a team i'm wearing a dallas empire shirt right now bro awesome man so there's only 12 teams in the whole world there's only 12 teams at the moment they'll expand probably to 16 or 20 teams next year Uh, they just they made this league kind of in a few months and normally you play these tournaments with about 32 teams so the 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 talent pool shrank dramatically and so it's it's very competitive year uh but we do expect that this will expand yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hating on them for not having enough uh, teams. 
I mean, dude, look at the NBA or the NFL or, you know, pick any league. You can take the top 25% and, you know, you, you already oh, know yeah. who the winners are going to be. Absolutely. But it was sure. just cool to see. So you have Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas. Uh, I guess Florida just gets to be a full state. Yeah, yeah they got the, 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 the Mutineers who are actually on right now playing against Toronto. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just get the whole state because they couldn't pick yeah. a city. So. Right. Yeah. So London, L.A. Two uh, L.A. Minnesota. teams. Yeah, two L.A. Because you always have to have two in L.A. Right. Jeez. Uh, uh, yeah, there's the other pretty, one. Pretty sure. Uh, the Paris, Seattle, at this point. and Toronto. Yeah, dude. Okay. Dallas is number two seed. We don't play till tomorrow. We actually start um, in the winner's bracket third round, which starts tomorrow. So it's pretty crazy how much, say, top two seed gave an advantage. Uh, so That's hopefully awesome. we can take advantage of it. Well, I like their color scheme. I like their logo. I approve. Yeah. Rooting for the home team. That's right. All right. Uh, but I won't wear this stuff because I know nothing about it. And I don't want somebody to be like, yo, what'd you think about? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. We'll get, we'll get Hastro to send you some stuff and you'll have to wear it. Owner of the Dallas Empire. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Okay, cool. That'd be awesome. All right. <laughs> anything else urgent we need to talk about before we shut it down and go? I don't think so. For the week I think it's in. good, man. Let's go hit the weekend. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, Tyler normally closes it out. Do you want to do that? I mean, I guess I could try. Uh, that's going to do it for us today on the Tech Breakfast Podcast, which is actually kind of the the tech prevening podcast today. Thanks for <laughs> listening, and thank you for all the listeners that continue to listen listen as the as the podcast continues to grow. It's great. Love it. Have a great weekend, everyone. Later. <laughs>